वेलकम टू कोल्ड आउटरीच सक्सेस स्टोरीज वेर वी इंटरव्यू रेगुलर बिजनेस पीपल जस्ट लाइक यू हुव हैड ग्रेट सक्सेस विद कोल्ड आउटरीच ऑन ईमेल एंड अदर चैनल्स वी गो डीप इन टू द प्रोसेस विद हॉट टिप्स अराउंड मैसेजिंग targeting personalization to make sure that you take away some bits to implement in your cold outreach starting tomorrow today we have ian from hyperize which is one of my personal favorite tools and we integrate with them as well they are an amazing tool for marketers and sales people to personalize their outreach and convert at 2x or a higher rate So Ian welcome to the show. Hey nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I've long been a fan of you guys like I followed your journey um since I think the past 2 years. Uh, but for our audience who might not be aware of what Hyperize does, can you give a brief intro what does your company do? Who does yeah, it help? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean we kind of call ourselves the hyper personalization toolkit. What really that breaks down into is that with Hyperize you can create images uh, that personalize dynamically on the fly. use those in your outreach in linkedin obviously you you mentioned we integrate uh, with yourselves but also email as well you know we integrate with hundreds of other email platforms and being able to have those images in your outreach you can have a significant impact on engagement but then beyond that you know when you take somebody to like say a landing page being able to personalize that experience as well so hyperize not only can you personalize images you can also personalize your existing website and landing pages so you can have that that sort of kind of moment of delight when they hit your landing pages and it's being able to personalize all of those elements together to create hyper personalization you know that can have significant compounding impacts you know across your funnel that sounds amazing because people talk about personalization in bits and pieces right they say that hey you have to personalize your cold outbound but what um, people don't realize that the customer is going on a buying journey right and every interaction that you do with them is a chance for you to delight them right so i think that's where your thought process around personalizing not just linkedin chat or the email it's about personalizing through the entire funnel and that's where i think you see the compounding effects of personalization right let's dive deeper into your cold outreach process who do you target what's your ideal customer profile how do you get their data our typical customers uh, you know sales and marketing teams um you know sdrs bdrs people doing abm you know reaching out and wanting to kind of have you know get them in their diary essentially and so one of the things you can do with hyperize is create humanized gifts and that kind of creating that kind of strong engagement initial outreach so anybody kind of doing lead generation is a key target for us and obviously the decision making those organizations so linkedin is obviously a great resource for finding those sort of people either people in specific groups attending events you know the traits of of a job title within a certain company size as well so you know any of those sort of three indicators great starting point for us from a kind of identifying potential prospects so is it mostly linkedin or do you use any third party data sources as well because what we try to do for example we also target a similar persona in mm-hmm. the sdr function because they have leads so for us like i've been uh, recently playing around with crunchbase and yeah. some of the data that we get is this is amazing because they has the funding amount and funding date and everything yeah absolutely uh, i've used crunchbase uh, also kind of g2 captera uh, kind of if you're targeting like say saas businesses of a certain size that might have a sales team and also lacta he produces kind of i guess more niche or, or kind of refined reports and say crunch base which is kind of obviously more mass data and all of those great starting points for having another personalized part of your outreach so chance I'm saying hey I found you on crunch base you know you're doing amazing you know relating to kind of recent funding or something like that just gives initial icebreaker in terms of you know just kind of the first thing you're saying when you reach out to them is me 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 I'm here to sell to you but to kind of 
something that's you know about them so it's always good to have that uh, starting point kind of to kind of to leap off into kind of then you know to segue into kind of what you really want to talk to them about so yeah they're, they're great sources too we utilize those another area we found quite interesting and a little bit different is using google maps so again if you're say targeting agencies for example you can use google maps to find through google my business their details then using you know tools like Texel or whatever you can scrape that data and then send um, print to post like personalized postcards so like this sort of postcard where with high price you get a personalized image it's personalized with their business name but with a, a qr code that's scannable and then takes them through to like a personalized landing page so you can send land on their doorstep on their desk you know this personalized postcard which Essentially, a postcard has a hundred percent open rate because you can't help yeah. but see it. And <laughs> yeah. then the scan rates, you know, were really high. We were getting 20, 25% scan rates on those, you know, just because it's a bit different from landing digitally in someone's inbox. And again, that data is, you know, quite in abundance to, to grab that. And often you'll get website or um, as well as address details. So you can pull things like their logo or whatever from a personalization yeah. perspective from the design. So that's a slightly different route, um, you know, starting off digital and taking it offline, but then with the call yeah. to action, taking them back online to, again, a personalized experience. That's been a good avenue for us as well. Oh, that's awesome. What do you search for? What's the search query on Google Maps to get these? Yeah, I mean, you can search for like digital agency, marketing agency. We've done it. Another business of mine where it's a, a code-free mobile app building platform. You know, we're uh -huh. targeting lots of different business segments. You know, like that might be like restaurants, takeaways, beauticians. You know, obviously all of those sorts of businesses um, are available online you know, and you can then you know, land on, on their doorstep, you know, with a personalized outreach. And it's like, 67 cents or something like that uh, with click send to send those so it's not hugely expensive you know and that's printed and posted oh that's amazing yeah it's super creative i feel because you're going offline to online right like you're actually taking them on that modern retail journey that a lot of these uh, great e-commerce brands do like you know you can buy nike shoes online but you can mm -hmm. also you know go to a store and buy it so you're definitely creating a presence that is bigger than your online business in that sense right you're giving them that nike level experience what was the name of the tool you mentioned we actually integrate with two print to post solutions clicksend.com is one of them and if you're going international like we pick like specific areas like high uh, kind of value areas like the meat district in new york and dropped all the digital agencies there or London Road and drop them there so when you're going international then clicksend.com is the one that I'd recommend because they print locally and they've got areas all over the world that they print whereas the other one is thanks.io and if you're okay. just doing the US then thanks.io is a US focused one and they're great for, for US I think they're slightly cheaper than for US at least ClickSend but ClickSend is kind of generally cheaper for kind of international sort of stuff so we integrate with both of those and we've got integration guides on those sort of things on how to achieve that but yeah both good options well, that's super valuable for you know our listeners and even me like i got something out of it i uh, didn't know that personalized postcards could be such a good channel and you're mentioning like 25 percent click-through rate on an offline channel and that just amazes me because you know it's so hard to think of when, when your thinking is limited to link email or linkedin right mm, yeah no absolutely yeah I mean, we kind of probably send out about a thousand or so a month you know just kind of like very targeted specific you know areas some of that is kind of testing new areas and some of that's kind of just rinse and repeat of you know campaigns that are already working
Okay, now you have the data. So what does your cold outreach process look like? Like how many touches across what channels? I know you like postcards, but other than that? Honestly, with our style of outreach, you know, we're using um, humanized GIFs in our first touch. Or in LinkedIn, we're using an icebreaker, which is more like kind of a humorized image. In our case, we use an image of Connect4, but then have their the winning line before counters being their profile image. And so it's just like say an icebreaker. And then with email, it's, you know, it's, it's me kind of, you know, waving and smiling. And what we found is we get such a, a strong impact from those. That if we're not having um, a response by the third or fourth touch, then, you know, it's kind of a, a dead kind of prospect at that point. And so I think there's nothing worse than certainly on, on LinkedIn, um, you know, probably only like, you know, a third of any users are active at any one time, right? And you, you can do that in Sales Navigator by filtering, you know, with the, with the hotspots of who's posted in the last 30 days or is reduced your volume. So what, what's, there's nothing worse than you come back into LinkedIn and you see a message where there's like 10 messages that have just, you've just been fired at because they've not responded. I, I kind of think a couple in LinkedIn, for example, when somebody connects with me, I, I have an automation so they get an email as, as well to say thanks for the connection. But I, I never follow up on the email after that because I think you know that's kind of crossing the buck without them responding, of course. Um, yeah. But then I might do a couple more in LinkedIn. So they might have four touches in total in LinkedIn, kind of you know, gets 60 plus percent engagement rates. And so I don't feel that I need to go beyond that because I think it's crosses the boundaries of pestering rather than kind yeah. of trying to add value. But and you're you're saying you're doing about 50, 60 percent. So that's like gold standard, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Absolutely. that's anyway, uh, I don't think you can get go beyond that by adding more follow ups and you'll just piss off people. So that's, yeah. that's a good insight. Like I know a lot of this pervasive knowledge across the blocks is that you have to follow yeah. up nine times, 10 times, but yeah. I think that ignores the value of personalization and uh, having creativity in your first two or three touches. Yeah, I mean, f- for me, there's, there's a lot of kind of when you have those like 10 follow ups, a lot of them are just, hey, did you see my last email? Yeah. Yeah, and, and to yeah. be honest, there's nothing more makes me less want to reply than kind of, of course, I saw your last email. and I didn't respond to it. So, you know, <laughs> get the hint. Whereas I much rather deliver three or four uh, messages that are all value in some sort of way. So, like, for example, in, in my outreach, my first, I think if it starts with LinkedIn, the first one would be, I'd like to connect because of this reason. You know, we, we've got some sh- uh, kind of uh, shared value. And, and then afterwards, it would be my icebreaker. Thanks for the connection, you know, with, with the connect for image again not asking for anything and then my next message will be i'm doing an event later in the month about what i've just talked about if you're interested in that you know great um you know kind of here's the link to kind of register so not really asking something just offering some value and then i'll follow up after that um a, a week later if they haven't registered for the event with a message saying oh, okay or alternatively we do have a, a self-serve free trial and you know webinars not for everybody um and, and then one final follow-up which may be if they didn't take any of those call to actions would you like to have a chat so you know it's kind of fluff messages in between in terms of did yeah. you see my last one because of course you know if they're active they did see it and they chose not to so i tried to hit the make sure that each one that i'm offering has got some value in there or some purpose yeah. rather than just being annoying no, I think that makes a ton of sense. And your funnel is also pretty interesting to me because uh, what you're doing is your call to action is super soft, right? Like all you're asking them is to register for a webinar. You're not asking for 10 minutes on their calendar, right? Which is a soft task. And when you're following up, you're giving them an out like, hey, you didn't choose the soft task. So 
if you want help, then you can go to a sales of retrial, no sales team involved. You know, you've not got your sales team involved yet in the first three or four follow-ups. So yeah. when you're actually asking for time on your calendar, you've naturally opted them out, right? Of the yeah. soft follow-ups. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. super smart and running webinars. So how often do you run these webinars? Like every month? Yeah, so I mean, I always have um, a LinkedIn event booked for a kind of so as soon as one's finished, I'll, I'll book another one and I'll kind of funnel everybody into that. You know, and you know, we kind of, you know, on, on a monthly basis, probably get about eight, nine hundred people registered into that, which you can obviously then follow up with. And it's a good, again, follow up reason as well for anybody that registered but didn't turn up or yeah. send out here's the recording of it, you know, that sort of thing. And so there's more reasons to add a, a positive follow up. And obviously then, you know, you might have somebody that had three or four touches registered into an event. And then yeah. because they registered into the event, they might get a couple more touches because now you're talking about the event in terms of here's the recording of it, here's the deck, you know, and, and again, you know, trying to push them into a funnel of, of showing some, some level of intent. You know, that might be starting a trial or booking a call. Change the call to action to be the, the kind of the call being later on in the funnel, just because from yeah, a scale yeah. perspective, if people would rather better to have 100 people um, in an event rather than doing 100 one-to-one calls, you know. So it's trying to cater for all, offer all choices eventually, but do the, offer the scale ones, which are more mm-hmm. intrusive, so you say soft, soft to ask first. No, I think that's super smart. And it uh, cuts down your effort as well, right? You don't have to do 100 demos. <laughs> that's <laughs> smart. Okay. Uh, you're a busy guy. You've got kids. I think uh, you don't have time to do 100 demos either. No, I've got three kids and sometimes they, they join me on the calls as well. So, <laughs> On to personalization. How do you personalize your message? What are the bits that you use and what's your favorite tactic? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of personalization, I probably touched upon part of my strategy already in terms of when we talked about the source of data. And mm-hmm. I think the most important personalization for me, so of course, high first name first name and, and all that sort of stuff and i think that's goes almost without saying but is the, the first kind of sentence of your outreach you know your initial outreach is in the reason why you're connecting to them um i think is the key for a, a personalization and obviously doing that at scale is the difficult part right and that's always the balance of how how much at scale do you do it versus do you eyeball everyone and write that one do you use ai and get them to do it automatically or do you do a kind of a broad brushstrokes and say you found them in an event or a group or something like that, you know, or they have a certain profile. As long as you do your targeting properly, you know, then you can write to that profile. But I kind of think it is like the bridge, right? As in, hey, we both attended this event. You know, I thought it was useful. You did. And so it'd be mm-hmm. great to connect. You've established some level of trust and kind of co-interest on a subject here. And then you can use that goodwill to bridge to your things in like, well, because we both found this interesting, I think you'll find this interesting, right? So you're kind of you and them separate, right? And then you've kind of connected mm-hmm. on, on, on this common topic. And now you can say, because we found this interesting, that means you're now putting yourself in their group. I think yeah. you might find that interesting. And so that I think that's the, the key from a personalization perspective, being able to create that bridge. And, and like I say, it might be a bit, contrived when it's you know they register for an event on linkedin but when you're trying to do personalization at scale that's sometimes enough or even if it's just simply like like i saw you on crunchbase you know and congratulations on the funding round again it's personal but you can do it it's not super personal but personal enough it kind of grabs a person's attention so 
for me, that's yeah. the key. And then obviously, first name, company name, or whatever, where where it makes sense, or if it's crunch crunch based, maybe the fact that kind of the funding level that they've done all the amounts. You know, again, it depends on like if it's from an event or from a group, then that the event name or the group name or whatever. Um, if it's an event, I normally like to name drop the main speaker and like a salient point. As mm-hmm. in, like say, for example, I did. Oh, sorry, it wasn't an event. It was a post. Uh, Neil Patel wrote a post about email marketing and. And how it should be personal, which is obviously perfect, you know, from yeah. our kind of, and like about nine hundred people liked or you know commented on that post, and so I kind of you know kind of targeted everybody as a connection, and said, hey, I saw you uh, like Neil's post. He's absolutely right about email personalization, you know, and just kind of hooked into what the sentiment of the post was about. And I think I had like a seventy-eight percent acceptance rate on, on yeah. that campaign. So and, and so you know even though it was that 900 people reached out to you know 700 people connected whatever it was you know based on personalization but at a kind of a scale so I think that's from a personalization perspective that's that's the kind of the key for, for me and then of course it goes without saying the image personalization is important and obviously a co-founder of Hyperize you know of course I'd say that the truth of the matter is that it's in, based in science of, of why images work you know the human yeah. brain processes images like 60,000 times quicker than text. So when you have some personalization in an image, it just triggers what's called a pattern interrupt. Mm-hmm. It's a break on the brain, and which leads to more mind share and more people understanding your call to action and being engaged in it. And so those images, they're delivering the pattern interrupt and, and then having some clever copy that's, you know, that's personalized on purpose of, of why you're reaching out. Those are two key things that great engagement. I mean, we've seen clients triple uh, their engagement rates by using that those sort of strategies. It's funny enough. I actually used to study computational neuroscience in university. Like I did research in computational neuroscience. And there was one thing I remember from uh, my research project there. Like human brains are wired to find faces and particularly moving objects and faces in particular unfamiliar areas. Like that's why you see like there's memes right of like a face like image in a sofa right and our brain is able to capture that even though it's not a face right it's just a that's how we've been wired so if you um have a text heavy medium like linkedin for example linkedin dms and you use an image particularly a moving image of your own face you know which is a human face right so that just naturally stands out because that's how uh, human eyes saccadic motions it's called saccadic motions have been wired like your face will have like 10x more saccades than the rest of the entire screen and this yeah. proven like research around here if, if i get the time i'll just put it on the show notes as well because i used to yeah. love doing yeah, that's great. yeah I, I find that that sort of information super interesting you know how how the brain works how it processes information and yeah I, I, i'd love to read that too i geek out on it used to work in uh, this university in Canada, in Montreal, super cold, doing uh, research on like rat brains. As they learned new habits, as they saw new things, their brains would actually change. And how they change based on learning new habits, based on learning these, uh, seeing new information is just fascinating. So you think, you know, like humans are are immune to it, but at the end of the day, we're still animals, right? We still have the same kind of, you know, basic dendritic structure that changes on the basis of these. So you can obviously use it to make more money. 
that's the way it works. On to my next question. So what mistakes did you uh, make when you first started doing cold outreach? Like what would be your top advice to anyone starting a cold outreach process today? Yeah, I, I think certainly the mistakes I've made and I, I've seen lots of people do this, certainly kind of when they're using uh, LinkedIn as a starting mm-hmm. point for data is it's just so much data on LinkedIn and attempted to almost kind of, oh, I want, you know, 30,000 <laughs> records, you know, I want kind of as much as possible. Whereas yeah. really it's kind of the old philosophy of less is more, you know, it's all about kind of pinpoint targeting, you know, certainly kind of if you're using a kind of sales navigator or kind of just search broadly, you know, being able to filter, you know, be kind of so laser focused in terms of, you know, what is my ICP? What is my you know, ideal customer profile? And what are the traits that show that? So, you know, don't select every business size, for example, because uh, a kind of a director in one business will be a very different person to a director in another business, you know, where they have 10,000 employees. So, you know, make sure to, if you're going to use job titles to do that also in line with, you know, the the number of people in the business. Um, You know, if you are reaching out via LinkedIn, you know, make sure to filter only to people that have got say common interests and then you know when you reach out to them say hey you know i see we've got lots of common interests or filter to people that have you know just changed jobs so then you can reach out and say hey i saw you've just changed jobs you know love to kind of you know reach out to you kind of at this point people are maybe more open to kind of new ideas but when when you don't have that that laser focus you're going to burn your wheels a lot. First of all, especially yeah. whether it's LinkedIn or email, there's only so much you can do volume-wise before you either start to ruin your domain reputation or you know, or you kind of hit the limits of LinkedIn. So you want to make sure that the you know the hundred or the thousand people you email and whatever target as possible. Um, otherwise, you know, you might have a great campaign, but your conversion rates will still won't be great because you're just you know, getting to the wrong people. So certainly for me, the mistakes, you know, where, where I've seen great improvement was always about the targeting, you know, getting that that spot on. You know, if it's LinkedIn, make sure that they're active on LinkedIn, you know, by using the, the kind of the highlight elements. If it's email, making sure that, you know, you've got your profiles uh, bang on in terms of you know, matching to your ICP. But yeah, that's that's always the thing that whenever I talk to a client and they're kind of suffering from a conversion rate or perspective, that's always kind of where I kind of start and normally where you end as well, because that, that's kind of yeah. probably the, way the biggest gains in terms of that profiling. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, I had a friend who, who did this really interesting tactic he was telling me. Like he was saying, uh, you know, he even uses some of the obscure filters on SalesNap to uh, personalize and target the message. So, so I'll tell you what he was doing. So he was a consultant to sales teams, right? And uh, like small businesses, right? Small businesses who are, you know, doing, uh, starting to do outreach. So what he did was he looked for, years of experience and he filtered between one to two years right years of experience at this company and this company would have been around for just two years so he yeah. would write a message like hey i'm just in la he was visiting la that week like hi hey hey, i'm in la and uh, congrats on i saw that you're running this business congrats on making it past year one year one is the hardest i try to uh, chat with you know people smbs and try to get them more sales would you be open to chatting now this is super personalized always yeah. just based on one filter on sales yeah. Now, right like years yeah. of experience that's yeah, the kind of thing you should think of right absolutely that, that's spot on because it's going back to the kind of what i was saying before about personalization that gives you perfect uh kind of uh, kind of first sentence that shows that you're you know that you you've kind of looked eyeballed their profile or something like that but you've been able to do that at scale um, yeah and also that being able to filter like that is also going to reduce the amount of people in that pot which is which is great because 
you know, small amount, small kind of small pot of people that is all kind of laser targeted is, is kind of the sort of kind of campaigns you want to be kind of firing out. Okay, on to my final question. So what are the top three things that you are excited about trying to improve your cold outbound process? The, the kind of scaling out is is always kind of an, an interesting topic, how to do that and any of kind of all the different platforms you're using. Obviously, LinkedIn has got some very hard sending out, reaching out to people, but still less so if you want to just use it as a place to identify people to reach out to, and, you know, yeah. and then kind of do that via email. But then still with email, you know, it's, it's how you scale that out. And so you know, there's lots of different strategies out there, but you know, using multiple like Gmail domain kind of suites, that sort of thing, is, is certainly kind of a topic or a kind of a strategy that a lot of successful email kind of agencies are leveraging. So yeah, I'm kind of um, excited about using that and kind of scaling out. You know, having you know 20, 30 different domains. You know, derivatives yeah. of of your I mean like for example with, with hyperize obviously we're hyperize.com but we have like the dot o the dot me the dot rocks dot mail exactly you know yeah. and obviously that kind of um presents a great way of kind of rotating and, and kind of broadening out that sort of scale so I'm, I'm always excited about projects that enable scale it in a kind of elegant sort of way and that's kind of really benefits hyperize you know in terms of creating image personalization at scale but also the things i guess that i'm excited about is, is we talked about before that kind of compounding impact you see yeah. and just implementing hyper personalization image personalization as we've said you know so effective in terms of creating that pattern interrupt but personalizing your landing pages personalizing uh, videos on those pages as well all kind of elements that lead to significant linger time on your pages and which is more time somebody's spending on your pages more likely that they're you know going to um going to take that call to action because they're still in that kind of decision mode rather than kind of leaving immediately we've seen it uh, we've kind of stopped personalized videos on our landing pages and the, the linger time on those pages is more than doubled it was just under two minutes average user time on the page and now it's over five you know so a significant uplift you know by having those videos you know and obviously that longer user time on the page leads to, leads to more conversions too so being able to do that uh, at scale one of the things that we're doing this year we're launching hyperize is the ability for for users to create um kind of personalized landing pages within the platform as well so whilst you can also you can already personalize your own website and landing pages already a lot of like say sales teams don't necessarily have access to can add a little javascript snippet to the main corporate site so being able to create like a sales landing page that they can kind of within hyperize it be all personalized dynamically yeah, yeah. something we're going to be launching this year and that's quite exciting to see that yeah, yeah like uh sorry i'm interrupting but like on a subdomain like for example it would be like sensor.hyperize.com yeah. or something yeah so you again with um, hyperize you can you can create um custom domains so if it was at sensor.com you could have landing page.sensor.lp.sensor or whatever or link.sensor and so you know you wouldn't have to kind of worry about changing the you know um like adding JavaScript to your main site, you could just then personalize that and then you can embed Calendly or videos or whatever and you have totally. One of the things we found with our customers, especially the agencies, when, when they see our own landing pages, oh, that's great, you know, do you have that template? Like, oh no, this is just our site, you know, you, but, so it's kind of like, oh, okay, it's been asked enough times that we maybe should just build that for, for you know, we're trying to, our goal for this year is to try and make personalization a hundred times easier. And yeah. what we mean by that, is just start to remove all of the kind of the square edges, make everything a little easier. Like for ex an example of one of the things we launched, um, the first thing we launched this year, humanized GIFs kind of add into outreach drive engagement. We've supported being able to upload a GIF into Hyperize and add personalization. 
and before the kind of the instructions that I use is essentially, you know, use your mobile phone, record a GIF, upload it to the platform. And then we were like, well, oh, we found this nice other website where you could kind of record yeah. a GIF using your webcam. So like, well, why don't we just bake that into Hyperize so you can exactly. record a GIF directly within the platform and it's there in, in your in your account. And so, you know, it's just those small things as rather than three steps, it's now one. You know, yeah. the same philosophy with the landing pages, you know, yes, you could go and go through to your, your IT department and kind of get into all these changes, or you just build the landing page right here and, and kind of, you know, yeah. have a bit more flexibility. So I'm really excited about that. And again, it's about creating that compounding impact so you could kind of more easily link all these steps together. Final one would be, I touched upon this before, I don't think it's there right yet, but it's kind of yeah. using AI to help write and personalize. As I said, that kind of that first line, your opening gambit, as it yeah. were, I think it's so important. At the moment, you know, kind of with the strategy that we kind of talked about today is you're kind of faking it in a way is you're using generic, broad, but still targeted personalized statements. But with AI, you know, you, you should be able to scan their profile and find something that, that enables that. And there are a couple of tools out there that are certainly working on that. And they're not quite there. They still kind of read back a little bit janky in a way, you know, I mean, not perfectly kind of it feels like something I would have written. But yeah, I think when, when they get a little bit better, that that's going to be amazing too, in terms of just being able to extend that personalization. I've done it to also include like a personalized quote inside a personalized image to have the whiteboard next to me with a quote that's kind of relatable to them on there. And when you do it manually, like with a VA, it's, you get a much better result than when you kind of scan it and do it with AI. So excited for that. No, that's, that's super interesting. It's super interesting how AI is bringing in different pieces. Like I even saw there were some tools that are trying to do like personalized videos using AI, right? Some of the video stuff where, you know, if you have video plus audio, like, you know, there's this uh, company from a friend of mine called uh, rephrase.ai. It's uh, run by a very close friend of mine from uni. And he is doing some really cool stuff with large enterprises around this. Like in India, there's a festival called Diwali. And for Diwali, he um, ran a campaign with Cadbury. And uh, there was massive hit, right? Because they created like personalized Diwali greetings from one of our uh, top Bollywood actors, Hrithik Roshan, like he recorded one video and like a million people got like personalized yeah. greetings with his voice saying yeah. their name and with his lip movements mirroring that. So it's crazy how good AI is getting. So they raised a ton of money recently and they're doing some really cool work. I'm really excited about that as well. Yeah, sounds amazing. I've actually seen their product before. It's really amazing kind of what, what they can do once they've kind of trained the actor or the avatar or whatever and then say uh, just speak any any language whatever yeah pretty cool it's insane it's insane like i would love to do that for me right like me saying thousand different prospects names in like one single linkedin campaign and then just having that broadcasted essentially that's amazing like ai is amazing right now all right man really good to catch up with you i learned a ton and i hope uh, our listeners did too ian and i hope you guys keep killing it. Thanks, man.